Welcome to episode 23 of the Long Shot Club. I'm Ellie. I'm Bran. I'm No. So, um, it's my turn to pick the movie this week. I'm super excited about it. It's Christmas Eve. Yeah, it's our Christmas Christmas episode. Um, Literally, it's Christmas Eve when this episode comes out. Oh, shit. No, really? Yeah, the 24th of December is a Friday, and that is when this is coming out at fucking midnight Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas, y'all. Merry Christmas, if that's the thing you celebrate. Otherwise... Ho, ho, ho. Merry uh, December 24th. Right. Merry December 24th. I was going to say, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, what's the other stuff? Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever you celebrate. Happy Festivus. Yeah. Good on you. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, this is the Christmas movie. This is one of my favorite Christmas movies. My hint was that it involves burglary, but it's actually not one of the Home Alone movies. Mm-hmm. Um, we're actually going to be watching The Ref. Um, this movie has um, uh, Kevin Spacey in it, which is why I don't watch it as often as I would like to anymore, yeah. uh, given recent things. But um, since it technically is one of my favorite movies, it's it's not like top five, but it's definitely like top ten mm-hmm. area. So I did really want us to do an episode on it, but I also don't want to ignore the glaringly obvious, like, yes, Kevin Spacey mm-hmm. is in this movie. Um, but also the cast itself, there are other people in it that are fabulous, and I would like to think that we will be able to talk about that, aside from... Like Dennis Leary? Yes, Dennis Leary is in it. It's awesome. Great performance. Um, it's a ton of fun. It's funny. I'm hoping that you guys enjoy it and maybe giggle a little bit, but we'll just see what happens. Yeah. I've never even heard of this movie before. Yeah, I think I think it'll be all right. I've only seen it because of Ellie, yes. admittedly. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, Kevin Spacey is blissfully just fucking obnoxious and you can't stand him. It's, it's great in that regard. Um, the amount of comedy of error that leaks into what's otherwise a crime movie is so satisfying. Yeah. It, it hmm. effectively becomes an Oscar Wilde story yeah. or Oscar Wilde play. Which would explain why in, I like it. Yeah, in the midst of what should otherwise be a very serious film. Huh. So hopefully we all enjoy it. I mean, I know I will, but <laughs> we'll just see what happens with everyone else. All right, let's go. Woohoo. So we just watched The Ref, um, and I enjoyed it because it's one of my favorite Christmas movies, although admittedly, and we will get to this, but admittedly I don't watch it as often as I normally do now because of reasons that we will get to. (laughs) Um, So do we want to start off with like initial impressions or we want to start with the summary? We want to start with the summary. Oh, we're doing the summary first? Yeah. Okay. I figured summary and then we can talk because she has nothing to contribute to the five minutes Uh, in question. Right. I'm not as I'm not as well versed, so or knowledgeable. (laughs) Anyway. Are you ready? Uh, never. Three, two, one, go. Okay. So the ref opens up in a sleepy looking, although very posh, quiet neighborhood in Connecticut. Um, a lot of rich people apparently live there. And we start out by seeing the two uh, two of the main characters, um, Lloyd and then his wife Caroline, are in marriage counseling. Caroline had an affair, um, and Lloyd we is just apparently not a great husband in general. They do have a son that's established. While that's going on, we have um, uh, Gus, who is a thief, and he is breaking into one of the estates. He... Uh, 
Oh, shit. Ha! Ha! I hate this part. Okay, so he is on the run. He doesn't want to get caught by the cops because he accidentally set off the alarm. And so he wound up kind of hijacking slash kidnapping Lloyd and Caroline when they are on their way home. It does happen to be Christmas Eve. Um, and the entire time, because Lloyd and Caroline are so neurotic with their own marriage problems, it's kind of just a fun little comedy where yes he wants to get away from these people but uh inadvertently he also kind of helps them kind of solve their marriage problems Mm -hmm. while this is going on meanwhile their son is also kind of a juvenile delinquent basically um they do send him to military school he was supposed to be home how much time do i have oh god (laughs) (laughs) um but he was running a blackmail scheme so he kind of again inadvertently helps with that they also have more of their neurotic family coming for their christmas dinner the uh grandmother who is lloyd's mom is an evil bitch Oh, <laughs> I suck at this. Everything works out. Just watch the movie. Okay, so uh, with that handled, uh, the next five minutes, uh, you can skip them if you want. I probably would in your position. Uh, it's <laughs> going to be us talking about the fact that this movie does, in fact, star Kevin Spacey yeah. and was unfortunately made in 1994. Right. And Bonk. begin. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, Kevin Spacey, probably a piece of shit, probably a rapist. <laughs> Good shot of it. Uh, he's never been convicted in a court of law. Uh, all cases against him were dismissed. Acquitted um, or dropped, I was reading. Uh, I didn't see it say anywhere that any of them were acquitted. I just saw dismissed, but I also was only kind of skimming the article, so. I mean, um, I'd seen a, uh, article, like, right after it happened. One of the major courts in New England, I can't remember which one, uh, had charges against him, and they ended up acquitting them. Or acquitting him, so. Uh, see, to in order to acquit, would have had to have gone to trial, and I just don't know that any of his cases ever did go to trial. Anyway. Um, we but, have, like, five minutes to ramble yeah. this shit. Um, but anyway, yeah, Kevin Spacey, great actor, highly problematic individual, um, not a great person, uh, don't intend to watch any future work of his. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's it, it does make it difficult to go back and visit yeah. uh, old movies of his because you know he's been in some movies that are great. Yep. You know, Pay It Forward is a movie I always really liked when yep. I was younger. Baby Driver, um, relatively recent. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. I own it. Just need to watch it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's one of those things where it's really difficult. That's like you're just shitty. I don't want to support you. Um, but I guess if you watch a movie in a way that's not potentially giving him any money yeah. um then it's not so bad yeah um and then the other thing still holds true <laughs> uh you can be crazy without being a complete piece of shit though so this is true i'm, I'm gonna discount that and not attach that clause to kevin spacey because mm-hmm. i don't think pedophilia is necessarily mental, mental illness. illness it's just a uh, person is a piece of shit well to be fair my theory is more like i think when you have a certain level of like genius you also like you can't be a genius and not be a have problems mm. like severe problems whether yeah. they are mental mental illnesses or something else but yes yeah. sorry continue but yeah and then there's also i mean there's kind of primarily just like one thing uh in the movie um yep. I, that happened kind of early on which made me like worry about the rest of the movie but it didn't end up being like a recurring problem um but yeah they, they did the use <laughs> <laughs> uh not that but um the uh uh, somebody used faggot as an insult, and I was just like, oh, yep, this was, is a... Wasn't it the yellow M&M? No, no I'm sorry, it was, it was the... uh, Lieutenant Huff. Yeah, yeah it's Lieutenant Huff. The other Huff. lieutenant. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, that's a bad sign. But uh, it didn't. it's not like it kept uh, happening or anything, so... Yeah. 
But it's definitely, it was made in 1994. You yeah. can tell it was made in 1994, and it hasn't yeah. necessarily aged gracefully. Yeah. It's also very white, but it was taking place in Connecticut, so yeah. maybe that's just Connecticut. And it's also it a very really posh is. area of mm. Connecticut, so, you know, the whole... Functionally most of Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> My mother grew up in Connecticut, so... Oh, okay, so you would know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Connecticut in general is kind of just very posh. Um, oh. And white is the driven snow. Okay, so now our next episode, we're just going to tour all of Connecticut just to see if Noel is right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, we still have a minute 45. I mean, I covered everything I wanted to talk about. So. Fair enough. And mm. I almost never have anything to really bring up on that. Did you want to complain about things? Just the fact that you guys are really good at that, but I can't summarize a fucking movie in a movie. We had five seconds. goddamn minutes. You had 90 seconds. There's, there's, that was by design. So, anyway, uh, with that aside, um, um, carry on. Aside from the obvious, uh, like, that we just talked about with Kevin Spacey and the movie not aging well, other initial thoughts before we dive right in? I liked it a lot more than I anticipated. Oh, um, yay! That I makes me happy. Yeah, I really wasn't expecting much. Um, I think I think that was probably because I'd never heard of the movie before. And right. I was like, um, oh, I've never heard of this movie. I mean, it can't be that special. Right. Um, but, yeah, it was it was quite fun. Cool. No? I've seen it uh, twice before, both times with you. Uh, I hadn't heard of it, or if I had heard of it, it just kind of slipped back out of my memory. Um, I went into it the first time with fairly low expectations, Mm -hmm. but I really enjoyed it because it was so refreshingly in your face and blunt about things. Yeah. And every time that I watch it, it's just basically revisiting a family that I don't particularly care for for the holidays and yeah. having a good time watching them get roasted. Yeah, yeah it's, um, I actually came across this movie kind of on accident, so it's it was um, part of my dad's collection. My mm. dad actually owns a lot of... I think some people, depending on the people, would call them classics, mm-hmm. but they're not like traditional classic movies, I guess, in mm-hmm. the sense of like... Gems. Yeah, like they're not Oscar winners or anything that everybody probably would know about if uh-huh. you went into like a film class or anything. Um, but like he turned... He like showed me things that were things like, you know, he turned me on to Schwarzenegger. Like I did not know who Schwarzenegger <laughs> was, but you know, my dad certainly did. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then with Dennis Leary in this movie, he was like, I'm going to show you a Christmas movie. And of course my brother and I at the time were like, Oh, another, another Christmas movie. And it, <laughs> and, and it was this movie. So yeah. It, and it worked out yeah. for me anyway, until, you know, the issues with Kevin Spacey came up Yeah, and then it kind of got ruined. <laughs> no, yeah. It's not, it's not ruined. It's tainted. Okay, fine, fair enough. It's it's tainted in a big way, and it makes my heart sad. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. Uh. It, it's a movie that you know it's it's ridiculous, so it does require a lot yeah. of suspension of disbelief. Yes. But I think it's entertaining enough where I never really cared that I didn't believe right. what was happening. I like I. It never. I. You know it. It's kind of a fine line that movies have to walk sometimes, you know? I th- yeah, because sometimes I definitely fall into the whole, like, I think the suspension of disbelief is getting too, it's too much right yeah. now. Like, I can't suspend that much. <laughs> like, I remember That's So Raven when I was a kid. Aww. It's like every, like, damn near every episode, she yeah. has a vision. It's like, oh my God, I got to stop the thing. And even as a kid, I was always like, dude, you know, like, you know literally you're never every stop time you thing. try to stop it, you make it happen. Why are we doing this again? <laughs> right. I used to, I did love That's So Raven, though. 
I did. Yeah, that's just I like did. an example of you know suspending disbelief. That that's is just, true. You know, but like I said, I still watched it as a kid because it was fun. But yeah. you know, it's. Uh, I was very easy to please when I yeah, came to shows as a too. kid. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, we're like, uh, say like a sci-fi movie. You know, the way space yeah. travel tends to work in sci-fi movies isn't in reality, but you kind of just don't care because the movies are fun otherwise. Right, you and know? they're not targeting scientists right. when they're making those movies. To backtrack a little bit, but only a little bit. Um, I You're usually, only allowed to backtrack one inch. Can you do that? Shut the fuck up. Oh. <laughs> uh, I usually don't have too much of an issue with suspending my sense of disbelief. Um, I can usually turn my brain off just enough to sort of play along with whatever the rules du jour are for the franchise at hand or the film in question. Uh, there was one movie, though, that just... It's going to sound ridiculous, but it pissed me off with what it asked me to suspend my disbelief for. Okay. And that was the movie Sucker Punch. Oh, really? Mm. You guys you guys remember that? Uh, I know yeah. of it. I've not seen it. I, okay. I unapologetically love that movie. But only because it's a lot of fun, and it's like if you don't try to pretend it's deeper, is it? It's trying to be. Oh, I can't talk. It's trying to pretend it's a lot deeper than it actually is. But if you go into that movie saying, "I want to watch extremely attractive women in a very small amount of clothing kick serious ass," you're gonna love that movie. Oh, okay. But if you're going in, I want a super deep psychological whatever. You're gonna you're gonna leave disappointed. I see. I see. I wasn't necessarily looking for super deep. Um, some people would call the Matrix super deep. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. It's kind of, it's pretty surface level mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and hints at deeper things without actually exploring them. Uh-huh. And I went into Sucker Punch kind of expecting that. Like, it doesn't need to be all that goddamn clever. It just needs to pretend like it is for about 90 minutes to two hours. And it just in my mind, first off, it couldn't do that. And then when it decided it was just going to be a straightforward action movie, I was like, okay, I can try and play along with this. And then there was, I don't even remember all the details, but there was a scene with a bomb on a train where it just, it was, it was a bridge too far. I I couldn't cross (laughs) with it. Uh And the physics of that scene pissed me off so badly that I just tuned out for the rest of the movie and I've only watched it the one time, and the rest of the viewing, I was just fucking around with my iPod, I remember. <laughs> okay, but that did not happen for this movie. This movie This movie I have no it. problem with. Okay, this, just to this clarify. Movie, <laughs> not, not only does it never trigger an issue with my sense of disbelief, uh, I, just, I can actually buy into this more than I can a lot of other similar yeah. movies. Pretty much mm-hmm. almost anything that's a Christmas movie. Yeah begs a lot of like suspension well that's one of the things that i like about the movie but again we will but we will get to that mm-hmm. so um we will why not well, oh it, is it a favorite thing or a least favorite thing or well i guess i could bring it up now but one of the things that i like about this movie is that it's not so much a christmas movie that christmas is all up in your face mm-hmm. type of thing mm-hmm. and you know in the spirit of christmas and all of these things happen because of christmas and that type of stuff going on. It's more like it happened. This crazy stuff is happening to this crazy ass family, and it happens to be Christmas. Yeah, you, you do yeah. get a little bit of that, like that negative, like you know, the family's all together, and you don't really want to do it, but yes. you have to because yes. it's tradition, which I can relate to <laughs> so much. Yeah, yeah. I uh, when we were still in contact with the family that my parents didn't get along with, I was young enough to not really be a part of it all. Okay. Uh, so, um, yeah, for, for me, um, holidays 
<clears throat> I haven't had that experience. You know, holidays are really? something I enjoy spending with my family. Lucky. It doesn't feel like a chore, you know? Yeah. Um, but again, that's because we cut out the negative part of the family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't really do that with, with mine. Yeah. But, yeah. I'm actually really lucky in that regard. When it comes to my family, it's kind of weird because what ostracizes people and makes them outsiders is the fact that they choose not to associate and be part of the big warm like collective Mm. so like as long as you choose to associate with these people they will never let you down they 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 can be a little bit weird or a little bit rough around the edges but they will always consistently be loving and supportive right Right. well and then there's also just a simple truth that like your family's going to drive your nuts Mm -hmm. on some level some way when you're hanging out because they're your family yeah so that's just how it works yeah but they just kind of take it to a whole a whole other level of yeah yeah like (laughs) my parents yeah my parents um you know i'm really close with my parents i would consider them you know some of my best friends yeah and when i first moved down to north carolina i lived with them for a while and in some ways it was nice you know we spent a lot of time hanging out um but my parents you know they're they're in an empty nester house you know they're really downsized from our family home sure uh that house was not designed to have three adults living in it and so we also got in each other's way yeah yeah (laughs) um but uh yeah you know and like you know my my parents are still always bugging me like oh you need to come over this weekend and like tonight they were they were bugging me because they were going to do a zoom call with my uh my sister and my brother-in-law um yeah and i was like oh sorry i gotta do the podcast i do actually like i was a little disappointed that i wasn't gonna (laughs) join on that phone call yeah and Um, i mean to be fair like i i don't want to give the impression that like my family's horrible or anything like that it's just that there are definitely part of the issue that i have with holidays and just certain I guess societal settings is that I think parts of my family come at it from that you're obligated to spend time with family whether you like them or not mm. because they are your relatives. Uh-huh. And I don't always sub- I don't always agree with that. Uh-huh. Like I just don't th- like if you treat me like shit consistently, I'm just not going to want to hang around yeah. you. Sorry. And I'm not going to feel bad if I don't see you on the holidays yeah. and we grow apart yeah. because we clearly don't get along in the first place. Why should I be upset? Yeah. But like, it's just, it's certain. Uh, and for the most part, most of my immediate family, I've got no problem hanging out with them. Mm-hmm. We, we drive each other nuts, but it's great. It's when like, it's the holidays and now it's like, we got to travel to see these family members. And I'm uh-huh. like, and I'm like, admittedly part of me is kind of like, why they don't really go out of their way to see us Mm -hmm. not really and to be quite honest a lot of family members don't like them all that much so i don't know why (laughs) i don't know why we're still seeing them like (laughs) so now granted that doesn't happen very often that's the thing that i would always tell myself is like well we really don't see them that often they Mm -hmm. don't live around here so it's not like i have to see them all the time yeah so that's what i that's what i tell myself but at the same time like when my brother got married my mom and I was in the wedding. My uh-huh. mom was very upset with me that I chose to be more involved in my brother's wedding, making sure that things were okay. And that aspect of it, instead of connecting with family members that I hadn't seen in years. Mm. And I'm like, the purpose of the wedding is not a family reunion. Yeah. The purpose of the wedding is to celebrate my brother's marriage yeah. to his now wife. Yeah. <laughs> and my mom did not approach it from that. And she got really, really upset with me. She's like, you're not doing anything except, you know, going up to the room and like hanging out by yourself or taking naps. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm actually in the wedding yeah. and I have to be at this thing at like eight o'clock in the fucking morning. Yeah. Whereas you guys don't need to be there until like three. Yeah. So no, nah, I don't really want to <laughs> hang out with people that I don't see that often and I don't connect with very well. Yeah. But anywho, yeah. rant over. <laughs> 
<laughs> I digress. Yeah. yeah, my my like my extended family, like I'm not really close to any of my extended family and we're also like now we're all kind of far flung like I've still got I've They're got, all over the place. Yeah. I got um I've got two uncles up in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, and then, uh, he's dead now, but I, I had an uncle down in, uh, St. Louis or around St. Louis, somewhere in Missouri. Uh, and then, uh, my, my aunt is in, um, uh, Georgia. And then if you also include the family we cut out, they were in Texas for a while and then they were in Florida and then there was another one in California. Yeah. So you guys are all, all literally over, all the, over the, place. the place. And even yeah. now my immediate family, like, you know, me and my parents live here in North yeah. Carolina. My sister moved from Wisconsin this year to Colorado. That is so. impressive because most of my family's at least on the East Coast. Yeah, no, we, we, we flung all over the place. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty, shall we dive into like favorite things? Oh, I suppose. Okie dokie. Does anybody have a hankering to start? No. Do I need to roll the dice? I can for... go first. Okay, go ahead, Bran. Um, I just kind of, I really, uh, I thought it was really well written. Um, yeah. Basically, the way one thing led into another. Um, I I just thought, uh, you know, it made sense. It kept yep. moving at a good pace. You know, it never slowed down to the point where I was just like, all right, when's this shit over? You know, yeah. it kept up a good pace. Like, each step, you know, pretty much made sense. Um yeah. And uh, I was entertained throughout. Yeah. And again, like not having to suspend a whole lot of disbelief. There was yeah. like one major thing for me where I'm like, yeah, I don't think that would happen in real life. Yeah. But it was toward the, it was toward the end of the movie. And by then, oh, you've, the already, yeah, yeah. you've already built up enough of a connection with the characters where yeah. it's like for the sake of the comedy, yeah. we're going to overlook this shit. Yeah. But yeah, no, if you're pretending to be a hostage and the cops actually show up, I don't think they're going to say we don't need your statement. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And just, it would be a little bit, it would be like, op- well, or maybe the, the others like, tied them up before they left or something but yeah. i don't know it's uh yeah but I, I don't know i feel like it would be obvious that um uh that they had tied themselves up or something yeah. you know <laughs> yeah no i think probably what they had is that what i envision is like maybe they tied each other up so they t- they tried to tie each other up in a way mm. that would still be convincing while um the son and uh gus or dennis leary's character yeah. made their breakaway yeah to get away from the cops no. Uh, my favorite thing is going to sound real stupid. Uh, was actually the facial hair that Dennis Leary had. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it's going to sound. It's dumb. I know that it's dumb, but that there was just something very Errol Flynn about it mm. that made him feel immediately more roguish and charming rather than sneering and unpleasant. Yeah, that's one of the few movies with Dennis Leary where I see him and I and I he. Oh, this sounds so awful because I like Dennis Leary as an actor, mm-hmm. but it was one of the few few movies where I saw him and I wasn't immediately like kind of ew, <laughs> like yeah. not repulsed, but like I was like, who did your hair and makeup for this movie, dude? Yeah. We can we can do better than this for you. <laughs> um, this is the first movie where I was like, I like this look. This looks yeah. good for Dennis Leary. I actually um I really liked his character yeah. because they did a good job of making it obvious that he's so much more than a thief. Like he goes yeah. into the house yeah. and he recognizes the antique yep. furniture he's going up the stairs and he recognizes a painting yep. by an artist i've never even heard of right before. actually you should have heard of that artist really because they were mentioned in the behind the bastards episode about steven seagal we do talk yeah. about behind the bastards a lot on our shows but anyway yeah you mentioned we were watching it that steven seagal uh changed how he pronounced his name based on that artist yeah his I name really was didn't... pronounced seagal and yeah. then he changed it to seagal based on the artist chagall chagall yeah, yeah. Um, to be fair, it does kind of, you know, have a nice ring to it. I mean, yeah. Steven Seagal is also 
arguably, almost assuredly, a racist and definitely a human trafficker. So, mm. uh, absolute piece of shit. Uh, okay. Racist, rapist. Yep. Trafficker. Fuck you, Steven Seagal. Not a good person. Do something about it. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, there you have that. Yeah. Mm. Not a great guy. Mm. Um, I do recommend to Noel that you listen, you skip ahead and listen to the uh, episode where they start reading uh, his book, um, uh, Steven Seagal's book. Uh, it's called The that Way of the Sh- Shadow Wolves. <laughs> It's, what? Uh, it's real bad. What? It's real bad. They oh, also, God. on that, uh, well, the second episode, uh, played a clip of his blues album, which, <laughs> if that's blues, then put a bullet in my head because I don't want to live on this is earth that anymore. Is the Want oh, Your Poonanny Tonight song or whatever Yeah, that would be the one. <laughs> uh, I'll play it for you later. It's not good. Oh, my God. It is, it is not good. <sighs> oh, God, I love Behind the Bastards. You have oh, to man. do a search. Damn. But that was your favorite thing was Dennis Leary's facial hair and his look throughout the movie. Yeah, it's it's stupid, but that's <laughs> that's it. I loved the way that they styled his look. It creates this sense of approachability to this blatantly roguish character. And it's... I have no doubt in my mind that it was very intentional. I mean, seriously, think about what this character does. He is... I mean, he's he is a thief... And he's keeping the money for himself, but ostensibly he is a Robin Hood esque figure, right. entering these people's lives and improving right. their lives. Right. He's not just a, he's not just a thief that's out to yeah. Like he's clearly been educated. Something must yeah. have happened in his life where he has to do this. Um, also, just the fact that he hangs out with uh, Murray, his so-called partner, who's really just a drunken alcoholic mm-hmm. and is supposed to be like his getaway driver and yeah. stuff, but he can't do anything right. <laughs> his little John. Yeah, so, um, I mean, there is the question of like, why would somebody even bother to have someone like that that's such a liability? Yeah. Like, it's probably because he's looking out for the guy yeah. on some type of level. So he is yeah. capable of caring. And he tells the kid... Uh, you know, stick with your family about, yeah yeah somebody said something about like don't run don't uh, start running because when you do you don't stop. yeah you yeah. know it, like like he knows from experience but yeah the facial hair now that i'm thinking about it it really does remind me of carrie elway in both uh princess bride and yeah. in uh men in tights <laughs> yeah yeah uh it's also very reminiscent of like i was saying uh errol flynn's robin hood mm-hmm. um and one of the Warriors three from the Thor movies okay, has the yeah. exact same facial um, hair. Is the character the character's not named Fagin? Is it? No, that's a Dickens character. Yeah, I think nah, it it's. But I think the Lady costuming and I think the costuming and the makeup throughout that movie, uh, just as a whole, was pretty good. Yeah, like not that it was anything overly, I guess, remarkable because it's mm-hmm. not like it's a sci-fi or fantasy right. or medieval. Like nothing where you have to. It's very like you can you can go down to your local thrift store and find stuff if you want. Mm-hmm. Fandral. Okay, and it's uh, Lady Sif. Lady Sif. Okay. Um, um, but yeah, I thought all of that was well done. It just like all it helped. That level of believability with all the characters and things yeah. like that, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and and back kind of on the um, you know, like his character, you could kind of feel backstory. Like his was the it was the most obvious, but you know they kind of gave hints to it for the other characters as well. Um, you know, yeah. like uh, uh, what's his name, Lloyd. You know, 
he just comes across as kind of like a this, dick. Yeah, this dick, this uptight. But then he talks about you know smoking a smoking a, a joint. joint while listening to Al Green. It's like yeah. okay, so you you had dreams once. They've just all been crushed, crushed. and now you're just a miserable middle aged man. Yeah. yeah. Excuse you. The corpse still has the floor. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was so, great. <laughs> which is another reason that the writing I think is so good in the movie is mm. that it's not a it's not a blatant obvious the comedy's very much in your face and uh-huh. their issues are very much in your face but as far as like their backstory there's not like the whole necessary um what's the trope i'm looking for like the monologuing and stuff mm. like that yeah and all it does it comes up a little bit but in a way that makes it believable and yeah. you still don't technically know a whole hell of a lot about them mm-hmm. at the end of the day when you really sit down and analyze it yeah so. you just kind of get a surface level gl- glance but you do see enough to know that there's more yeah to know that there's more and you care about them it, m- it makes you want to give a shit <laughs> yeah it's kind of similar to how prisoners was done uh, the last yeah. movie we watched you know you you see all these details about these people you don't and that don't that aren't even necessarily relevant to the movie, but you see that there's you know more to them. You know right. they're they're deeper. You yeah. know they're not just a you know a cardboard cutout of a character. For sure. Yep. You know. Do we want to talk about uh, least favorite things? Did I say my favorite thing? I thought you started, didn't you? No, you you. I don't think you. Oh, no. I started. That's right. Yeah. You go ahead then, Ellie. Um. So my favorite thing is actually it. it I guess you can chalk it up to similar as brands, but I like the characters' connections Mm -hmm. with each other. Yeah. So not just Lloyd and his wife and the son and and the thief, not even though they are the main characters and the main focus of the story, even the extended family that comes in, Mm. like everybody's connections and their commitment to the characters, everybody's just so neurotic and play off each other so Uh well, even I think, in my opinion, the kids that are there. Yeah, absolutely. Like, they're they're very much, how, and it makes everything so much more relatable. Mm -hmm. Like, I can see my family members in those people very easily. Yeah, they've all got very distinct and obvious personalities, you know? Um, Right, it's very, it's, you know, apart from the Kevin Spacey issue, it's mm-hmm. a very well cast movie. Yeah, so. yeah. The people, the people feel real. I mean, you look at each character and you're like, I know someone like that. Yes. You know, like the loudmouth son. Yep. Um, I'm sorry, Nell. You look like you wanted to say something. Yeah. Uh, just to sort of jump in on this, I was reading over the uh, reception that it received. Yeah. Uh-huh. First off, this was actually released by a sub company of Disney. Oh. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's that's something I had no idea about. Uh, secondly, uh, it was not received well on first release. It mm-hmm. performed pretty badly, but it currently has a 72% on Rotten Tomatoes and, uh, it has been rated as too dark for some, but nonetheless boasts strong turns from Dennis Leary, uh, Dennis Leary, Judy Davis, and Kevin Spacey, as well as a sharply funny script. Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars and wrote that material like this is only as good as the acting and writing, and the ref is skillful in both areas. Correct. I think the script is very well written. Um, I wonder what they mean when they say too dark for some, though. Because for me personally... It's a very fucking dark movie, if we're being honest. Yeah, I don't, some, probably something about the family conflicts and the I gun and <laughs> tying people up. I guess, um, but I mean, maybe it's maybe it's because when did that when did they when did that come out? Like when uh, that? that is relatively recent. That's on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, really? Okay, then I was gonna say maybe if it came out a while ago, that was considered pretty dark. But yeah. I'm I'm like look, I'm watching shit that I'm just like I think this is actually pretty light because everybody's got their trauma and their family issues. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I I can kind of understand because like like Brand was saying, it's there is nothing actively Christmassy about it. Right. It's it's very 
functionally, it's actually not so different from Bad Santa. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if the writer of Bad Santa stepped forward and said that he wrote that after watching The Ref and mm-hmm. thought, I can do this better. Well, I w- also wonder if maybe it's just certain things about it. Like if you're sensitive to, I think one of you mentioned the gun, but like gun violence, if someone's mm-hmm. particularly sensitive to that or even just like swearing we do get a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> no one's particularly nice to each other. Right. Everyone is fucking unpleasant in this but movie. That's true. But they also, that's kind of the point. Oh, no, no, exactly. Like, that's, that can be the point all fucking day long. But that still renders it a dark story. That's like saying, oh, the point of Nightmare on Elm Street is, yes, there is a killer on the loose. And therefore, we need to ignore the gore a little bit. But that misses the forest for the goddamn trees and ignores the fact that, yes, it is still dark. Well, it's interesting, too, because the show that I was watching with you, oh, my God. Why did the name just Attack say? of the Clichés? No, 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 no. Um, back the the sitcom that we were watching with um, Jason What's-His-Face. Oh, God. What is the name of this damn show? Not a, Are you thinking Arrested of... Development? Yes. Yeah. So I got burned out on the show just because I'm like, all these people are so fucking awful to each mm. other. And they're just awful people. Why do I care? And I think it's just because it's a, it's a sitcom series. Mm. So it's going to continue for a while. There are how many seasons? Five? Uh, Three? There's there's three good ones, one <laughs> okay. one, okay. and then one that no one talks about. But yeah. five total. Yeah, and I was only going to show you three of them. Right. But we st- finished the first season, and you crapped out on the second. Right, because it kept going. So probably that makes some sense. Like, if Ref kept going for much uh-huh. longer yeah. and following these people for much longer, yeah, I, c- I guess I could see how people could have a yeah. problem with that. So that makes more sense, I guess. Yeah. Okay. And I, I kind of like that uh, even at, like, at the end of the movie... Um, you know, the, the, the main leads, uh, Carolyn and Lloyd, you know, you could tell that they've kind of turned a, turned a page, Yeah. but you know, it's not like they're they, still going to have their issues. Yeah. It's not like they say, Oh, we're all happy. Everything's better now. You know, you just see like, Hey, for the moment maybe everything's all right. Right. You know? And you still got your family tied up in the, yeah. in the other room. So you got to figure that <laughs> oh, shit out too. All. <laughs> Alrighty. So, uh, least favorite thing. Shall we continue with Bran? And yeah, just I can go first. Keep the circle going. Sure. So mine might come across as weird, but uh, it did it, it, it kind of annoyed me. Uh, the baby Jesus. Yeah. Um, they, it was, uh, uh, so they brought, it's like something they talk about at the, like at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, then, um, then what's his face? Gus, when he sees like the little nativity scene, like that's eats made out of Jesus. like, he eats the Jesus. So yeah. it's like, okay, maybe that's a sign of something. And then later he finds the Jesus in the son's room. The end. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like too much attention was paid to this Jesus because all it really tells you is like, oh, the son's kind of a naughty kid. Yeah. Which, you know, they already showed you. Yeah. I think, um, I think that was... I think it was another way to establish, um, since the co- son comes in later, uh-huh. technically, we get to see bits and glimpses, like he's got his blackmail scheme going, but it's mm-hmm. like a five minute thing and we're mainly focused on the parents and Gus. Yeah. So may, it might be another way to get his character more established as far mm-hmm. as what kind of delinquent he is. Oop, I, I bust my <laughs> ring hit the table there, my bad. Um, what kind of delinquent he is. Like he's not he's not like throwing bricks through windows mm-hmm. and he's not spray painting shit. But he's gonna he's gonna fuck around in little ways that probably aren't gonna hurt anybody mm-hmm. in any type of way. And I and um with the exception obviously of this blackmail scheme. Like I personally have the belief that when push came to shove, I think he's got more bark than bite. Mm-hmm. Like he's threatening the guy with blackmail. But if the guy were to turn around and say, you know what, fuck you, I'm not giving you this money, do whatever the hell you want, 
I still, I don't necessarily know that the kid would have followed through on it because at the end of the day, what he was trying to do was get money to get out of his situation. Yeah. And if it's not going to get him out of his situation, he's going to move on to the next thing that might get him out of his situation yeah. and not waste time on making other people's lives as miserable as what he thinks his is. Yeah. That's just my belief. Though. Yeah. I just don't think the, uh, the baby really helped achieve that end. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of served to be, I guess, I don't know if red herring is the right word, but it just, uh, I think it did. Uh, I think it did more Something to establish like the type of town that you were in. Mm. I, I can kind of see what you mean, though. It's if they had continued that theme yeah. somewhere, some way, I think it would have worked better. Like maybe if if they could find one final joke, maybe towards the end when it came to the baby, not Jesus. even necessarily a joke. Like if at the very end the kid comes forward and like everyone is returning home after a really weird, difficult night trying to find this dude. And they spot that the baby Jesus has been returned in the nativity scene. Yeah. It yeah. would just be a touching yeah. little moment. Yeah. yeah. Maybe there was a I scene agree with that, that got left out. Yeah. That's true. We never know what maybe got hit yeah. the chopping block and all yeah. that. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's like not firing Chekhov's gun. Exactly. Mm. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it did more to, it, it did more to establish the character of what kind of delinquent the son was and what type of town you were in. Mm. Like everybody's up in everybody else's business, yeah. but they're, ne- they're going to pretend to be nice to your face yeah. when really they're just a bunch of nosy assholes. Yeah. And they had a lot of other stuff showing that too, yeah. you know, like the Santa Claus and then the Mr. Willard and right. then getting his wife, his wife, <laughs> the lieutenant off, just like, oh, I fucked your wife three yep. times. Yep. So do you ever go three times? <laughs> yep. So, but that's what, for me, it didn't stick out. So, but yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, no, your least favorite thing. Um... It just seemed like it ends kind of abruptly. It feels mm-hmm. like kind of to the effects of leaving stuff out on the floor. It it just it feels like there were other scenes in there that needed to be there that And again, maybe weren't. they were cut. That's yeah. exactly. That's mm-hmm. what I'm thinking is I've got just this weird feeling that the studio in this case Touchstone specifically uh just pulled the plug on things a little bit too soon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just there's there's something missing. It's, I don't know. I, I don't think it necessarily hurts the movie, but I do feel like it held it back from being what could have been like basically an annual tradition for some people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, my least favorite thing. It's hard for me because again, I I really love this. Yeah. Well, I loved this movie a lot. I would prefer to watch this over a lot of other yeah. Christmas movies. Well, I know what your least favorite thing is now. <laughs> let's, uh, to be let's... fair, I think if we were to boil it down, I think all of us would. If we could have more than one least favorite thing, that would probably yeah. all be on our list. <laughs> uh, uh, so what? Let me try that again. Start the sentence again. If you could, who would you recast? If to get to get Kevin Spacey out of this movie, who would you recast? Oh, that is a good question. See, that's that's the trick. Is he's so damn I, good? I don't think I would actually remove Kevin Spacey. Really? Although, yeah, he's more than likely ostensibly. I mean, we're we're almost certain he's a piece of shit, regardless of whether or not he's a rapist. Mm-hmm. That cut and yeah. dry. He's, he is a fucking weird, creepy dude. There's no getting around that. But at the end of the day, he's just so fucking capable in there. I, I struggle to think of who I would stick in there instead. Do you I'm, have an idea, Brand? I'm thinking James Spader. Uh, ooh, that wouldn't be a bad choice. But I just thought of another one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Paul Giamatti. Oh, Paul Giamatti would be great. Oh, I'm yeah. Gonna yeah. To, I don't want to spell that because that's G-I-A. Uh, 
I'm not as good when it comes to this stuff as far as names. You got to yeah. say like he was the guy that played this character in this movie once. Uh, he was in he was in Twelve Years a Slave. He was in Shoot 'Em Up. He was he in was, uh, the Russian the Rhino in Amazing Spider-Man Two. Oh, okay, we're good. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. He he can do basically anything. He is an amazing actor. Yeah. yeah. And it's going to sound weird. I think my favorite role that he's ever done, and this is going to sound way the fuck out there, is, I I know you haven't seen him, but did you ever see John Dies at the End? No. Fairly small indie film based on a very, very popular supernatural horror comedy. Yeah, the, uh, Um, one of the, um... The, the or not one of the the writer uh, worked for Cracked and he's been yeah. on to bring it back to Behind the Bastards he's been on to Behind the Bastards a couple of times yeah. he used to be known as David Wong the name Wong also comes up in this movie but of that's course. not his real name yeah um, but yeah uh, I forget his real name but yeah yeah I can't remember his real name either but either way uh, Paul Giamatti plays this reporter that mm-hmm. David lures to a Chinese restaurant to sit there and tell his story uh, and major spoilers as it goes along David realizes. Oh, oh dear God, you you see yourself completely differently. You are not what you think you are. Mm-hmm. And so it's revealed that although David sees Paul Giamatti as Paul Giamatti, just this scrumpy white dude in a little ugly blazer, the character's actually a like 60-year-old black man. Huh. And he had died... And this is just the energy that David Wong sees. And the guy perceives himself completely differently. Huh. It's such a clever little twist. And it hmm. it doesn't really change how you view the character. The character is just so consistent and just so well handled. Uh-huh. It's, it's fantastic. I actually wonder, as far as recasting, although I do think for the time the movie was made, it was pretty perfectly cast as mm. is. Um, I wonder if I'm probably going to butcher his last name. Go for it. Frank Breitkopf. I'm not familiar with him. He actually, you would if you saw him, I'll pass you the phone, but he does a lot of, um, I I actually, that's how I pronounce it. I, I actually would be very curious. He does. Oh yeah. He shows up in a lot of other things. He's kind of like the actor. Your phone screen. Sorry. Yeah, you're fine. I love that actor. But he, I remember him from Criminal Minds most, like, that's the first thing that pops into my head, where he was one of the bad guys. Um, He and the other character, Gideon, get into a conversation in a diner, and he's like, you have, he kidnapped a bunch of kids, basically, in order to get a woman, a certain woman, delivered to him that he claimed to be in love with. Gotcha. Um, Hmm. But he's a very talented actor, and I actually think he would be very good at playing the asshole dick part but also showing being able to show compassion and things like that mm-hmm. Keith Carradine is his name I don't know um, I don't know how it would be you were, you were saying the character's name not the right. actual actor oh yes I'm sorry that was the only way I could try and remember yeah, okay. I remembered Frank I couldn't remember the last name um, but yes he plays Frank and so I, I don't think it would be... Do I think it would be the same performance like Spacey? No, but I'd be curious to see what he would do with that character. Hmm. I think he would probably do well. I'm trying to remember. I feel like he played... Oh, that's why I remember him. He played Frank Lundy on Dexter. Yes. Hmm. He's been in a ton of stuff. Oh, yeah. Love this dude. Fantastic he, actor. I think he might be somebody that could be a potentially good casting choice. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he's... 
I mean, I I love him, but I also think that he's way too subdued. That's true. You can't be subdued with this type of writing. No. Mm -hmm. Although, I mean, I guess you could, but I think it would be interpreted a whole nother way and it wouldn't work. Yeah. Yeah. So. And again, that's that's sort of why I was turning to Paul Giamatti because he he's just got this nervous thing to him where he'll just pop at the fucking drop of a hat, and I just yeah, (laughs) it's there. You know what could be interesting? I don't know if necessarily good, but um, Tarantino might have played that role in an interesting way. Yes. Really? In a weird neurotic sort of a way. Yeah. yeah. I'm just kind of thinking of his character in... Um, from Dusk Till Dawn, yeah? From Dusk Till Dawn. Yeah. Yeah. Richie. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I don't know how I feel about that. I would have to sit with it for a minute. Yeah. I but would, I do see what you're saying. Yeah. Especially when he goes on his little profanity-laden tirade and yes. refers to himself mm-hmm. as a corpse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would he be good. Yeah, he'd kill it. I would pay to see him just perform <laughs> that monologue. I don't, I don't care if he's in just, like, a really vulgar, ugly, like, grease-stained t-shirt. I would want to watch him perform that monologue. And he's mm-hmm. problematic enough in his own right, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, his, his big thing is feet and yeah. also being friends with Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. So, I mean... So I'm sorry, Elle. We I, I kind of took us off on a tangent. So what... well, did Null? Did you get your least favorite thing out? And you feel yeah, he did. Yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure we didn't because I thought it came up when Null was talking, not necessarily me. But oh no, because we had to back. Turn? We had to backtrack over to you. Yeah. 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 You, you were kind of like on the edge of things, and like I was like, oh well, you're thinking. We'll talk about this. That's okay. I love a good tangent. So yeah. It's totally this show fine. is all tangent. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That that is also true. That's probably why we stick around <laughs> to do it. <laughs> Um, oh, that reminds me. Sorry see? to tangent again. We have a couple of reviews on, well, a review and a couple of ratings on Apple Podcasts. Oh, oh sexy. Dear God, I'm yeah. afraid to ask. Oh, no, they're both five star. Really? Yeah. Okay, so we know where one of them probably came from. Surprisingly, no. No? I have I, not reviewed the show. I meant Nathan. Oh, yeah, no. I, I don't think Shout I mean, out. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that. Uh, oh, by the way, also, uh, Nathan, thank you very much. Uh, you, as well as Scout, actually paid for dinner tonight. Yes, thank you for the pizza. Aww, yeah. That's so sweet. Yeah. I mean, th- it was yeah, Patreon, I but still. I know, I know but um, still, sweet. It's nice. It's yeah. nice that we can do that. Um, But yeah, no, we got a couple of ratings and someone left a review saying that it's always fun listening to us present our thoughts on a really weird mixture of movies (laughs) (laughs) that is true with the three of us at a table you're bound to get a weird mixture so yay well hey if anybody news listening to us and wants to do the same thing we highly encourage yeah that would be be much appreciated yes please um but no my least favorite thing um about it for me it's difficult just because i love this loved this movie (laughs) so much and again now tainted um probably i don't know if it qualifies as like least favorite thing probably the most challenging thing for me about it though is (laughs) because of my own personal trauma is actually like the matriarch in the family when she shows up the the grandma (laughs) yeah you kept uh you kept mentioning it's just like oh she reminds me so much of my insert family member here i'm not going to i'm not going to rat you out in this podcast i I do (laughs) i do appreciate that i'm very confident they will never hear it but it's always nice I appreciate it. But yeah, yeah, that's the most challenging part. It's not because I dislike her performance. Mm -hmm. It's perfect. Yeah. It's exactly what it needs to be. It just kind of hits a little bit too close. There. That's my too dark moment. How about that? (laughs) 
the, where it's too, too relatable. Dark. Yeah, too relatable for. <laughs> I still, I still love it. Um, probably at this point though, the most obvious thing that's like the least favorite thing is the fact that Kevin Spacey is probably like not a good, not a great person. Mm-hmm. So and it just taints the movie so much for me. Um, I also think uh, at times there are moments where I either want a little more or a little less from Gus's alcoholic pal <laughs> Murray Murray where I'm like I either want a little bit more or there are times where I'm like do we really need you like we do because mm. he's supposed to be able to get away and you know all of that but there is also a moment where he like brings up you know well this chick is sweet on me and blah 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 and it's not to the point where it it makes the movie awful it's mm-hmm. just one of those things where it very much feels like a plot device. Yeah, you know? because they needed that extra hour, yes. that reason for him to stay for dinner. And Correct. Blah, 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 well, yeah. and how's he going to get out? And why wouldn't this person rat on him? And how are they gonna, just going to get a boat to yeah. get out of here? <laughs> like, So, yeah. So I get it. I understand the necessity of it. I just think that everything else is so well connected and so easily relatable and, mm-hmm. and such. And not that that's not, but out of everything else, that's the least yeah. Believable, I guess. Yeah. Aside from the cops saying you don't need to give your statement after you're claiming to have been a hostage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that would probably be my least favorite thing. And if I have to pick. I'm sitting here and thinking about how I would try and rewrite the movie mm-hmm. to actually remove Murray and still make the story work. I don't know if you could. I think there would need to I be... I think that you could. So really? My, the, yes. Okay. The approach that I'm taking in my head is if you were to remove Murray... What you would need to do is still find a reason for him to stay. But there's already a built-in reason in the fact that there's the curfew as well as a search going door to door. Right. So what you would need to do is remove any visual evidence of who the thief is. Yeah, which they do. They kind of did that of their own accord, but the police saw his face. So they knew who to look for. But it's actually the wrong cops that saw his face. The cops that are going door to door are the state police and the bumbling town cops are the ones that saw it and wouldn't have remembered anyway. Let's Mm -hmm. pretend that's completely irrelevant. Okay. So... All we need to do is make sure that the police going to door, door to door haven't seen his face. Okay. And he has to stay the night. Yeah, I think that's, that could that's potentially it. work. All, that's I've, all you need to do. And When then, I think about it, that probably is a movie. I just can't think of the title. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's fairly close to actually what Home Alone does. Yeah. They stay almost the entire goddamn night trying to rob that fucking house, and they just don't manage it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. spoilers for Home Alone if you haven't seen that movie in, you <laughs> womp, know, womp. 30 fucking years. I feel like at some point we're just going to have to put a thing like, yeah, if you don't want spoilers, you shouldn't listen to this show. <laughs> I include a list of everything that we spoil on the notes for every episode. Oh, okay, perfect. So yeah. Yeah. you were warned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if you're not checking the notes to see what's getting spoiled, then that's on you, buddy. I'm sorry. Hmm. Alrighty, so shall we move on to our random question for the episode? episode yeah. yeah. Alrighty. Here we go. Ooh, I like this one. I like this die. I like the colors. Anyway. Alrighty, sir. I have 12. Hold on a second. Trying to do it on my phone. Ooh. Oh, God. Every time he makes that noise, I get nervous. The film you just saw only existed in a dream you just woke from. What are your immediate feelings? (sighs) That it was a dream. I'm really (laughs) upset about that. Um... Immediate feelings. I think I I think I would wake up feeling having like that heartworm feeling because of the way the movie ends. Like the family seems to it seems like the family's gonna be the immediate members of the family are gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. 
and like I think I would have that, but I'd also probably be laughing in my sleep. I mean, that's that's reasonable. Yeah, I feel like that's how I would be. Maybe not. I don't know. Do you want me to go next, or do yeah, you, you can go you... next? I'm not really sure. I'm still thinking. Okay. For me, I think I would just wake up very confused because other than this movie, I actually can't think of any other movies starring Dennis Leary because they just don't leave an impact on me. You mean like Ice Age and stuff like that? I don't even consider him as starring in that. I mean, he's got a functionally starring role, but you don't see his face. He's barely fucking one of the lead roles. He's functionally a fucking sidekick. So it's like... I just Dennis Leary half the time he's a stand-up comedian yeah. I don't recall him in any capacity as a movie star eh. so I actually don't know Dennis Leary as the comedian I only oh, see, know that's, him as the actor that's the only capacity that I usually remember him in is as a very very vulgar stand-up comedian oh that's interesting now I gotta go google that Oh, yeah, he is fucking no holds barred. I think you would find it kind of amusing once, and then you'd never need to look at it again. Okay. Um, But it's like, I would just wake up very confused, like, why the fuck did I have a dream about a Kevin Spacey, Dennis Leary Christmas movie? I feel like, I also feel like maybe I would wake up, um, because a lot of times in my dreams, I'm like an observer. Mm. I don't know that I'm necessarily always involved. Sometimes that happens. But... Well, remember, it's just a movie in the dream, not something you're experiencing. Okay, I feel like that—that that was my question. Is it le- is like is it something that we're experiencing, or it's literally like I'm watching this movie in my dreams? I'm sitting on my couch watching this movie in my dreams. In your dream, you're just sitting on a couch watching the movie. Okay, then I stand by my answer. Never mind. How about you? You zoned out, didn't you? I just, uh, <laughs> I just. Um... I feel like it's rare that you don't have an answer for the random questions. Yeah, it just... If I woke up from a dream having just watched this movie, I'd be like, huh, that's weird. I just watched a movie in my dream. Yeah. I feel like I'd, I, I, I feel like also as soon as I'd wake up, I'd be like, I got to write all this shit down <laughs> before I forget it. Yeah, I don't feel like I have a meaningful contribution to this. It's It's... Honestly, part of it is I've got a lot of, I, I experience in a lot of dreams wherein I wake up and I'm trying to remember the details from a movie that happened to be playing in the dream. Mm. And I'm like, is that a real movie? I don't remember. So I'm sitting there and trying to figure out if it was a real movie or not. And that kind of inspired this question. Gotcha. Is I woke up from a dream I was having and there had been a movie playing in the background in the dream and I couldn't figure out if it was real or not. Interesting. Hmm. All right. Well. Final thoughts? Any? Did we miss anything? Honestly, I don't have any final thoughts. I... Uh, oh, one final thought. I enjoyed the bumbling cops. The bumbling cops, yeah. yeah. You gotta have a good bumbling cop in a movie like this, I guess. They did all right. And that one guy that was like trying to get them to get their shit together. It's just not. <sighs> uh, yeah. It's just not, not how it works, dude. You got a sleepy town situation. I just thought one. Can we just appreciate young J.K. Simmons? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he had so he had much a, hair. In a small part, but <laughs> still, still but still great. Yeah. And also, it's really weird to think that even that early when he was, quote unquote, young, he was still a grown-ass, middle-aged adult. Yeah. It's, it's weird to think how old he is now. Yeah. yeah. And he still kicks all the ass. He, he does. does. He's very cool. Yep. Ugh. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, then we are on to shameless plugs. Take it away. Uh, the email is lscpod at gmail.com. So you can send us questions or movie requests or, you know, tell us how much you like us. We always appreciate that. Yeah. 
You can do the same on Twitter at LSC pod. Or on the Insta, which is at Longshot Club. And uh, if you want to harass Null and I individually, uh, our Twitter handers. Handers? Handers? I'm at Nerr. And my Twiddle handle. Man, you can't. Man. Twiddle handle. You're having a hard night. Twiddle handle. Lanigan stall. If it helps, like, you know. We're going to have to just take the Jack Daniels away. I think that's what we're going to have to do. It could be it. Anyway, leave Ellie alone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Uh, um, it, and you guys also have another podcast? We sure do. It's called Midtown Mythos, and we it's an actual play uh, podcast um, where Null and I actually play this game he created called Midtown Mythos. Yeah, role-playing game. Absolutely nothing like this one. Correct. So if you're into that, you should check it out. Yeah, you should. All righty. Cool. <laughs> All right, so we need a hint for the next one, right? Yeah. No, I believe it's your turn next. Yeah, Just what's the hold, hint? Hold that thought. I'm oh looking boy. for one. Look at that oh, smile. God. He's, uh, he's we're so something good over there. We're so prepared. Let us remember the past so that we may better destroy the future. Ah, dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun. <laughs>